0: Welcome everyone to SASCAST, the podcast that talks you through the steps you need to future proof your product, whether that's building the ultimate marketing team or taking your products global, our guests will help you grow, scale up and work smarter. Well, uh, thanks very much for joining us today, Valentina on uh, on SASCAST. It's a pleasure to have
1: you thank you for having me
0: <laughs> um and before we get started with the sort of meat of this um discussion I'm, I'm sure our viewers would our listeners would just love to um delve a little bit into your background uh what your journey has been to your current position um and what it is sort of about your position or, or even working within the sas sphere that kind of excites you or fills you with passion and drive
1: hmm. Um, so my name is Valentina Turner. Um, my title is officially Empress of Remote. Hence, for those who are only listening, I'm wearing a tiara to, <laughs> <laughs> um, to to make that very clear to everyone. I'm not a princess. I'm an empress. My daughter is the princess. So the I've been working. <laughs> yeah, it, it's very important. <laughs> One has authority; the other hasn't. <laughs> make yeah. this very clear in this family. Um, so my my most recent background is product, but I've been working for I've been working remote forever. And usually in tech, like I've worked at Yahoo, I've worked at Automatic. Most recently, I've worked with Klaus, which is a high growth startup based in Estonia. And I am based in Spain, though from my accent, you can tell that I'm German. So I have been working remotely for over 10 years, moved into leadership positions about seven years ago, usually in either customer supporting uh, departments, so customer experience or customer support, and then most recently in product um bringing these two together, like the how we build products and how do we not forget for whom we are building products, I think is kind of the secret sauce that every startup needs. And because of my remote experience, I now help startup as an independent consultant to actually make this work for them. Because the thing with remote is there is no one blueprint that you just follow and then things work out. But you actually have to think really hard about, so what does location mean for, for us? Do we want to have everybody in a city? because we like to have them together for brunch once a week or is it okay if everybody is in the same country because we want to get them together once per month or do we want to stay on the same continent and then we can do meetups maybe once a quarter without breaking the bank bank? or do we go global anywhere, which then, of course, also means you have to think about when do we work together? Because once you add time zones to the mix, it gets very, very complicated very quickly because try to organize a call between Spain and Australia or New Zealand, like somebody is going to suffer. And if you want to have these calls weekly, you very quickly have burned out people. So you have to think first about what are your frameworks? How do you want work to happen? And then you optimize work for how you want work to happen. And remote, I think, adds a flexibility and an option of accessibility to work that. We cannot replicate in an office. So, for example, if you're a caretaker, let's have you you have kids, or as we get older, at some point, it's actually our parents that we often have to take care um, of. Or maybe it's a, a, a relative or a good friend that you're helping. Like, there are people in your life, it's not just you. No, no, no man or no woman is an island. So remote work allows you to combine these different spheres of life, to make a living, but also to live, and to actually be there for you. Your community create a community and be sustained by your community something that if you have to commute every day for two hours to an office is very difficult so what i'm passionate about in saas is specifically that this is a very unique um, environment where we can we can try out a lot of new things we can actually invent the new way of work and move away from this nine to five everybody is in one big building as if we were assembling cars because at the end of the day what we have in terms of office. It's just the modern version of a car factory. We ended up in offices because you needed a place to store documents. Now your documents are hopefully not in an office anymore, but probably somewhere in the cloud. So why do you need this office? Because the desk then is easier to put into company colors. Like what is the reason you have an office? And I'm not saying you don't need an office. Sometimes an office can be actually helpful, but does everybody really needs to be in the office from nine to five sitting at a desk? Is yeah. that what work is all about? And I believe it's not.
0: No, it, it's it's really interesting. Actually, I hadn't thought about it from that angle of kind of how you can't separate a person's life outside of work from how from their life in work in terms of how it impacts it and how yeah. the work, how the two impact each other. So really, um, I think we've always kind of lived with a philosophy a lot of times more corporate world of kind of, oh, well, your, your personal life, your private life is your, is your private life, your personal, you know, mm-hmm. your, your um but I think it's, um, and that sort of holds true a little bit, but it makes sense that you would create a kind of a way of working that enhances that. Now that we know that actually you can't separate the two um, in order to have somebody who is productive and happy at work. You have to be able to, um, you know, make it easier for them to, yeah, like you said, look after their kids, look after their parents, spend time with their children or parents. Um, Because, you know, we've had decades and decades, I suppose, of people sending their their children um, to nursery or kindergarten, whatever you call it, and working all day and not seeing their children very much at all, actually.
1: Now, now I'd like to make a little, uh, because it's not about working from home while your kids are at home. Yeah. I can tell you from experience, and anybody who has kids and has lived through the pandemic can tell you from experience, mm-hmm. there is a reason we have docs in offices and not kids in offices. Okay. <laughs> because kids are the ultimate distraction factory. You're not going to work as good with kids in the room as without kids in the room. No. However... What we can do is take away this this commute part. So kids still need the nursery. They still need the school. They still need to be taken care of and to learn things while their parents are working. The thing is, Back in the factory world, it was usually just one parent working, and the other one was there full time for the kids. And we have optimized the system then with the office, where usually the the father, or the husband, was working, and the woman was at home taking care, or maybe had a part time job and was taking care of the kid and kids. And that is just not the reality. Of course, it's still the reality for a lot of CEOs who are now doing back to the office because they don't have anyone who depends on them, or they have a have a wife or staff that takes care of everything at home. But if you are, let's say, a normal, and I'm putting this into uh, quotes because what is normal anyway, person, you probably work, your partner probably works, but you still want to have a life, which means you don't want to put all your free time into commuting.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely not, no. I, I, but then I suppose it does still, what I think I was getting at is that it does just give you more time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Which means that I, I think the time away from family would have been eaten up, not just by work, but by the commute as exactly. well. Yeah, That's what yeah. I'm getting at. So I think that it just if you can just give more time for life outside of work, I think you enhance work. I yeah. think that's, that's the theory behind it. I mean, today, I think we're going to we're going to go into not just the drawbacks, but also uh, not just the positives, but also some of the drawbacks potentially of this and how we can get around it. Um specifically, I think there are two major developments that have occurred recently. Uh, one of them is obviously remote work, as we've gone into already. Um, the other is just the explosion of AI, which again, these things, neither of these things are anything new. Um, but they've really sort of caught fire recently. Uh-huh. People have really become aware of how they're going to impact people's working lives. So what we want to do in this discussion uh is sort of go into how these two are going to interact with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, how potentially remote work, how AI can complement remote work, and vice versa. Um, so, what are at the moment? What are you seeing as the as the potential for AI software with SaaS companies in in how it can re- enhance the remote working experience?
1: So, AI it's it's a tool, mm-hmm. like it's not our Lord and Savior. Mm -hmm. Even though if if you read articles about this, it's either it's going to save everyone or we are all going to be living under the bridge in about half a year because AI has taken all all over our jobs. That seems to be at the moment like the kind of two narratives or very, very, very optimistic or very, very, very um, dooms oriented. Um, But at the end of the day, it's a tool. You can use AI for good and you can certainly also use AI for not so good. So we are now at a point where a lot of people are experimenting with a a lot of things around AI and who are trying to figure out what actually can we do this with. And what we definitely can do is save time, which means we're basically circling back to the same thing. How can we do more things more productively in less amount of time? And, And AI, especially generative AI, is really, really good at it. It's really good at looking at a lot of information, getting you a summary, getting you recommendations. It's really, really bad at having an opinion. Now, it's not just bad at having an opinion. It's also really bad at recognizing when it's wrong. So we still need a human. We need humans that are well versed in what right and wrong actually means Mm -hmm. to steer AI into the right direction. And that's where this whole field of AI ethics is becoming more and more independent. Because this whole idea, just because you can doesn't mean you should, holds very, very true for AI. But as soon as profits are involved, a lot of people don't care whether they shouldn't because if they can make money of it why not mm-hmm. so within and i don't think that just making a pledge to we're not going to use ai for evil will will work because at the end of the day evil is in the, the eye of the beholder as well yeah that's to so
0: very very <laughs> subjective isn't it exactly so
1: so i like to look at so there needs to be a bigger discussion but we also need to look at the how can we already use ai now so now so that we can basically create behaviors and practices that incorporate AI into daily life, because the more people are aware of what AI can do, the more people are actually interested in um, participating in these discussions. So we can take it away from this elite, um, elite SAS world, basically, because a lot of people still don't know that ChatGPT can help them create their grocery list. Mm-hmm. Like there there are so so really practical applications for it. Let's say you ask ChatGPT to create um a plan, a meal plan for you for the week based on whatever I'm vegetarian, my son has celiac disease, and uh my, my daughter doesn't like avocado or whatever and then it creates a meal plan for you you go over the meal plan swap out some things that you don't mind and then you tell ChatGPT, hey can you please uh create the shopping list that i need for this week yeah and take into account that if i buy an avocado on monday the avocado will be ripe I mean, avocados are their whole, probably at like three o'clock in the morning on, on Wednesday night or <laughs> like, Maybe they need It's to a very small copy. window. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, give me, when do I have to buy what, in which order, and like, help me structure my day so that I don't have to use all my cognitive availability to make these decisions. And yeah. then if I, if I had a button that it says, and now please buy it from the closest grocery store so that they can deliver it to my door, we have actually created some jobs. We have really taken a lot of, a sunday meal prep from my plate which i can now use uh to to play Castor gang with my kids it's a card game which i currently love because i now i'm not looking at recipes for three hours on saturday but i can use it time for something else this is at home and at work we have something very similar you have a blank page syndrome don't know what to write about ask chat about anything really realize that what it's telling you is very very lacking in opinion or detail and then write something up go to chat gpt have it proofread and Mm. suddenly you have like a lot uh, you have done a lot more content in a lot less time at work and now that's the interesting question because at home i use this extra time for something that i enjoy i might go for a run i might do something with the kids i might crochet in the garden like whatever floats your boat what do we do at work with this extra time?
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, do we so- go to the four day work week? Mm. Do we tell everybody they can they like it's now a six day work day, six hour work day because do we say, okay, everybody can work whenever they feel like it as least as things get done? Who defines what things get done actually means? because most job descriptions are not written with outcomes in mind, but rather with processes in mind yeah it's like you are in charge of seo it means you can like how much time does that mean
0: yeah yeah so yeah. like
1: if it's suddenly we need to make so many small decisions and somebody needs to think about those and i i think at the moment I, that not enough people are actually thinking about the what then what do we do with this because you can also not then expect Let's say your content writer who now can create the content she before created in five hours. Let's say she now needs only three hours. Mm -hmm. That these two hours, she's going to continue being just as productive because we took the mundane tasks away. Yeah, And our brain is not wired to be six hours, eight hours, whatever hours in focus mode. We actually need those... um, very like boring mundane tasks in between to relax our brain if we take all of those away yeah like, what do we put in there instead maybe yeah. social hour with our colleagues i don't know like i don't have an answer for this but it's something that we need to think about and that every company needs to think about
0: yeah i, I suppose you have that perspective um because you know because your, your specialty is 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 remote work and how it can benefit people's lives to just give them more time what I wonder is, like, do are there going to be some people out there who just think, great, it means we can just make people work more? <laughs> you know, oh, like, uh, pr-
1: probably, probably yeah. every single <laughs> we can, company they owner. They do more. <laughs> yeah. you know, like, let's, um,
0: yeah. <laughs> let's just have them, like, you know, just reeling off things constantly, you know, all the time is what I'm wondering. And then we're sort of getting into the maybe I wanted to leave this to later in discussion, but, I mean, I've sort of arrived at it already that <laughs> I guess the potential drawback of it is we have to like you said think carefully about how we're going to use this and we have to have the mindset of can we use ai to free people up to do really creative work and have time to to think yeah um as opposed to yeah let's just let's just constantly like like a factory almost just keep reeling off mediocre mm-hmm. work all the time yeah. Yeah. So
1: w- what I really like is when companies actually encourage their their, their employees to walk or to move yeah. to get away from the computer. But this is still work time yeah. because they understand that actually you need to basically jiggle your neurons from time to time, so they so 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 that they can think straight again. Because there during the pandemic or actually after the pandemic, a lot of companies with low trust started implementing these like trackers so that they know exactly when people leave their computer and if like the mouse or nothing moves for like longer than 20 seconds or whatever, which may be great if your job is data input, where basically moving things at your computer signifies work. But on the flip side, like the number of times that I take actually paper onto the table and draw a mind map or draw a diagram or something and do not move anything at my computer and just the fact that I'm leaving this room go into the other room where the big table is and start playing around with colorful full pencils to like put my ideas like very raw on paper before I uh, process them this is work but it's not automatically tracked on our computer yes
0: yeah completely
1: or if I go for a, like whenever I, I prepare for for a keynote or for a public speaking event, usually I like I have the idea and then I go for a like two hour run. Yeah. Without music, without everything. And I'm just going through ideas, et cetera, from time to time. I'll, I'll stop and send myself a voice message with the, the amazing idea that I just had for 30 minutes into the talk or something. Because that's how I know that I'm going to come up with things that I will never come up with while staring at my computer screen. So is that work? You could argue it is. You could also argue it's not because I'm clearly going for a run. So I'm clearly not working. So what does, what is work? Like it's becoming more complicated.
0: It's becoming more complicated, yeah, to define literally just what is work. Yeah, completely. I, I I think yeah, and I think I've I I felt it myself actually. Just to, uh, like guilty sometimes, you know, when I'm just like on the clock, but I'm researching. You mm-hmm. know, I'm just researching things. I'm just listening yeah. to podcasts or just to try and get ideas again on on like something like SEO or content yeah. planning or something like that. And then I kind of have to stop myself and think and think like you shouldn't feel guilty about this mm-hmm. because. Otherwise the quality It's literally work, your job. <laughs> the, the, the quality of the work you're going to be putting out is just terrible. Otherwise, you know, mediocre. And then mm-hmm. what's the point? Literally, what is the point in you being here? Like AI mm-hmm. might as well just be doing your job mm-hmm. if you're if you're not actually giving yourself time. The whole point of still value of people.
1: Yeah. I different. think actually that that's one of the risks of AI because it yeah. kind of leads us to think that everything needs to be very fast. Yes, because yeah. you like even if you use the free version of like many of those AI tools, which tell you that it's not as fast and you have to wait like five horrible seconds for like <laughs> an answer to appear on screen, it, you you kind of forget that actually summaries can be done very quickly with AI. Yeah. But forming an opinion, like you forming an opinion, requires you to be exposed to information and to other people's opinion about that. Like it, it requires you to not just consume, but to actually uh, process content. And that's yeah. something that I can't, I can't do for you and it takes time. So from a very practical perspective, I always recommend to not just having a to-do list, but also having a to-done list, like a list where you write down the things that you did and or learned. And that part that what did I learn today is actually the part that makes the guilt a little bit more bearable when it comes to, I basically listened to three podcasts. Like what did you learn? (laughs) Which, what new information do you have now? And maybe what opinion have you changed? Because we are allowed to change opinions. We are allowed to learn new things and to revise ourselves.
0: Yeah, completely. Yeah. I mean, and I think, you know, it's, uh, it, all the AI can do is really relay other people's opinions potentially mm-hmm. on the internet. Um, I think yep. part of being an independent human being thinker, human with an independent <laughs> mind, is that you're able to weigh these opinions up and form yep. your own perspective, isn't it? Exactly. You Which, know? just, just, like you said, it's not capable of doing just circling back to what you were saying a minute ago. I, um, I actually funnily enough typed in on chat GPT the other day, I typed in, um, what are, um, some of the ways that, um, SAS, Founders can ensure productivity. It actually fits with this discussion, ensure mm-hmm. productivity while also preventing people from burnout. Uh
1: huh.
0: What I said. Um, because this and this sort of fits neatly in what we're talking about, doesn't it? There, there was a lot of articles about that post pandemic yeah. at the time. And it said one of the first things that it said, and it's very AI, was, uh, um, <laughs> you know, you can, you can, uh, down, you know, you can install these, this software that will track. People's work rate, and I just sort of had the, you know, I just had the fear straight mm-hmm. away, and I was like, I've no, I know people on my team who've worked with that kind of software in the yeah. past, and from what I can gather, it doesn't lead to very much good at all. Not oh, because but it, ve- it
1: very actively increases your anxiety level.
0: Yeah, completely. <laughs> yeah, completely it increases your anxiety, and doesn't actually let you sort of step back and think mm-hmm. what is real work. Like you were yeah. saying, it just makes you go on kind of autopilot, and just mm-hmm. start start doing anything because <laughs> you're being tracked. Which is exactly. like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is not. But, um,
1: it's it's very interesting this whole discussion around productivity. Yeah. Because what what does productivity actually mean? Yeah. Like in your case, like so I can tell you, oh, today was a productive day, or today was not a productive day for me it's Mm. very difficult because it's it's almost like a feeling it's like I know I got things done that I wanted to get done today or 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 I didn't but when it comes to an entire team in a support team you could argue okay they did whatever 16 tickets per hour or like you have clear metrics that you could say are productive Mm -hmm. but in your case yeah yeah it's like what does productivity mean? and then it very very quickly because it's so difficult, or like even if you look at the literature, there is no clear definition out there that, it's, that where, let's say, uh, science agrees this is productivity. It, it very quickly becomes just we're just measuring busyness.
0: I'm just going to pause you right there to tell you all about the future of SaaS membership. Whether you want to grab one of over 90 templates covering everything from product marketing to customer success, read our exclusive members-only articles with SaaS gurus from the likes of Calendly, Klarna, and LinkSquares, sit back and watch over 1,300 hours of presentations from SaaS experts to some of the world's most trusted brands, or catch up on insights gleaned from the future of SaaS and its 14 system memberships and their private communities, our membership plans have it all. On top of this, enjoy complete access to our virtual events and discounts to our in-person summits. The membership plan is designed to give aspiring and fast-growing startup leaders the knowledge required to grasp every element of the SaaS landscape, tapping into tried and tested business-wide strategies employed by some of the biggest and brightest companies, both startups and enterprises. To become a member, just head over to www.futureofsaas.io and click the membership button at the top of your screen. Now, back to the episode. And, it, and and i suppose that's you know why your where your position comes in a little bit is do you, is that kind of what you do do you help people define what exactly. it means for them for their company
1: i i i can i help them to define how they want to do their work yeah and mm-hmm. how they want work to look like within their company yeah and how to communicate that because that that's the next thing yeah. like for for example, with the we want everybody to take as many breaks at, as they need. Right. You always have this over uh, anxious, high achieving person in the company who me who who then understands. Okay, I'm allowed to take one or three for a day, and then you have this other person who's kind of more on the freeloader side. It's like, oh, they said I can take as many as I want, so I'm going to take a break every thirty minutes. So like, how can you tell a story that makes sure that everybody actually hears what you want them to hear and not just what works with their own narrative?
0: Yeah, Uh, I saw, um, this is probably really unfair, but I saw one of those uh, TikTok things the other day. Uh It was like comparing boomers and Gen Z and gen x in the workplace uh-huh. it's kind of like you know the boomers kind of like oh the boss is out today oh that means i can be the boss today and then it was like gen it finally got to gen z and it was kind of like oh the boss is out oh that means i'm out <laughs> you know, <like> I'm <laughs> just kind of that. it's really uh-huh. unfair stereotype but i think you know it, it's unfair to sort of ascribe that to generations but i think mm-hmm. it's definitely you still meet people like that regardless of the generation in the workplace. You know, it's very much...
1: Though it usually also means that there is a lack of involvement of leadership with the people who are working at the company. And that's something that gets apparent a lot quicker in a remote setting than if you are in office, because Mm -hmm. in a distributed company, since you don't see people as a team lead or as a leader, you should have one-on-ones regularly with everybody. Like you should, you should talk to the people that report to you at mm-hmm. least every two weeks yeah. so that you know their name, you know where they live, they know whether they have kids, you know the name of their favorite uh, dog. Like, have information about the people and learn how they work. Like, do they want to be praised in public? Do they prefer not to be shout out in, in a Slack channel? Do they, uh, what motivates them? What is it that they are really passionate about? Because then you can also adjust your communication to what works with this person. Yeah, There's a exactly. really interesting book by Gretchen Rubin. It's called The Four Tendency, which is only about like intrinsic and extrinsic motivation and how some people like are more intrinsically, and motivated, which means you need to, need to explain to them why something is happening, because otherwise they're not they're not there for it. And other people are more extrinsically, and those you can like you can work with classic accountability. So understanding what your people need, or even if you use something like the the love language test, which is like there are five love languages, um, yeah. it's it's a couple counseling thing. But it's like words of affirmation, which at work, if you know that somebody really feels appreciated, if they receive words of affirmation, just make sure that you do a shout out for them every month or something and tell them, hey, I really enjoyed that you did this or I really was impressed by how you did that. And that person will totally flourish. Well, somebody else might prefer to get that in private. But you need to know you people to be able to adjust this.
0: So I suppose it's kind of evolved that we we'll get again. We're looking at how the, the the world, the working world, has evolved. In the past, it would have been very much, you no, know, I am the boss, I am the CEO, mm-hmm. you dance to my tune, exactly. Very much, this is how I communicate, and I know from experience, friends who work in companies. I one of my best friends complains about his CEO all the time. Uh huh. Claims that he's just a massive narcissist, but um, you know, it, it's like it, those people who still, you know don't expect will make no effort to alter Mm -hmm. the way they speak to suit you and i think they're probably the ones that aren't as successful because you're only as good as your as your team as trite as that sounds
1: yeah yeah.
0: you can't get the best you can't build that rapport and that trust but also i think you know um i think have have some kind of air of authority Mm -hmm. at least it's a very tricky balance between the two um i think you can get the best out of people um, Actually,
1: but- though, it's not the CEO that that is usually the problem, because like for me, the CEO should be the one who kind of gives the vision mm-hmm. and then hopefully the independence to the managers who manage the people yeah. to do the inspirational work. And that, of course, means... Like, like like to do the practical, have the one-on-ones, make sure that people are doing what they're supposed to do, etc. But that of course means that you also need to give your middle managers the resources that you need, and that you they need to have time to have those one-on-ones.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I suppose it it um it it goes it kind of um links in a little bit with the sort of current debate, well, not debate but discussion around DEI as well, doesn't it? I mean, I think it, it I think when you when you adjust the way you talk to your workers, you potentially more inclusive of people who are neurodivergent.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, But then we know that the, I mean, I think you know, if you go back to like again the fifties or sixties or something, it was it just wasn't a thing that people talked about as much, and people weren't perhaps diagnosed as much with, for example, if you were autistic on the autistic mm-hmm. spectrum, which many people mm-hmm. are, or if you were um, d- dyspraxic or um, dyslexic or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, I suppose, um, with this way of working, um, which is more person centered, yeah. you can potentially broaden the talent pool mm-hmm. by including people who, you know, have a different way of looking at the world, different way of thinking, but perhaps yep. if you have the same way of speaking for everyone, they'd be the first to to, to be put off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know there's especially people who are neurodivergent people especially the spectrum, they have you know they very specific way that they like to talk to people and they like to uh-huh. and they often take longer to process information yeah and they have to be information has to be conveyed to them in a very very specific way often
1: uh-huh. you know yeah i mean the good thing about remote and making it easy for for communication to happen asynchronously i mean for for people that are shy or that are super introverted that's it's a godsend that you can send a message first like like what i if somebody calls me on my phone i really appreciate it if i get a, a message first that says hey do you have a minute can i call you and usually i don't pick up the phone if somebody just calls me like cold because like I had no time to prepare myself. And of course in a remote world people schedule calls with me so I'm never t- uh, caught by surprise because it's clearly on my calendar and it has clearly be on my calendar for for some time. Um, and the same goes with feedback usually when when I work with team leaders I like I recommend them to actually Ask every single person on their team, how do you want to get feedback? Because some people just want to be on the call and you tell them what they like, what you liked and what you didn't like. And some people really want to see it written down two days before so that they can process the information in their own time and then have a meeting to talk about it instead of being like thrown into the deep end and having to react to something that they did not know would be coming at them.
0: Yes, so yeah. I, you, you go into your appraisal and suddenly you have like three managers.
1: Exactly, criticizing exactly. Criticizing
0: you on a call. Yeah, I can imagine how that would be potentially.
1: And that's the thing that like, A, I can't solve for relationships.
0: Yeah.
1: A, I if- can solve for content, for knowledge, but it can't solve for relationships.
0: No, it, I suppose it can facilitate the communication a little bit. Oh, like. and it
1: can remind you to send flowers to your wife, but like yeah. you still like the the intent still needs to be there from your side.
0: Do you think it can potentially create hurdles to communication? Um, AI, do you think it it, it it can? I don't know. Like sort of, um, like you said, if if it does, if it does, program us to just think about doing things faster.
1: Uh-huh. Maybe. So uh, the, the thing with. Uh, I think the problem has, happens when we start relegating responsibility to AI. Yeah. So, oh, it wasn't me, it was AI. Yeah. It wasn't our company, it was the proprietary software in this black box that we that that sent all those people the wrong <laughs> direction. Or to jail if it's like those those programs that they use in the U.S. to kind of make probabilities of if somebody will be re-incidental and be, be uh, before parole. It was the black box. It was AI. It wasn't well, us. Yeah,
0: I mean we're in real dystopian future territory there, aren't we? That's
1: exactly. Really and if if we like, don't yeah. if we don't know what went into AI, how are you going to actually assess whether the outcome is something? That you're okay with
0: yeah mm-hmm.
1: like mm. if you ask ai hey please give me the five most influential speakers on whatever topic mm. you'll get five men
0: yeah yeah of course it will yeah
1: does that mean that men are simply better at speaking mm-hmm. or does it mean that men are better at writing their own bios online or that they get more publicity Mm-hmm. Or that they get more opportunities to speak. So if you look at the aggregate data, they have spoken more. So hence, you could say that they are better. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. is it simply that the AI is just as biased as society is?
0: Yeah. Or that when it when it's, I don't know, scrolling through Google or whatever it does, it's just they're the mm-hmm. first results that come up. Potentially. Exactly. You know, whereas a human being would, would, would never, ever go on that. You know, yeah. they, would never watch, they, would, they would always look at it and think, okay, but well, who are these people? and exactly. you know is this really you know who's our audience mm-hmm. and I suppose that's why um you know I've been I think we're all sort of on a learning curve with with AI at the moment in the sense that we're, we're sort of realizing that like you said it, it's the garbage in garbage out thing isn't it mm-hmm. um I think when you're using something like chat GPT you have to be as specific and intentional as possible yeah. with, what, with what you're putting in um one of the things I've been doing now is in terms of content writing, which you know is sort of not just talking about what I want, but who is going to read this,
1: mm-hmm. who is yeah. going to read this,
0: and what do we want them to do? Yeah. Um, and actually, you can yield much better results mm-hmm. if you feed in that kind of information.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. The, yeah. Which is also interesting because actually your prompt ends up longer.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Which which is fine because you can reuse the prompt by like tweaking it next time, so you only have to write the entire text once or twice.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sort of think like, it I mean be- I should have just done this social post myself. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So the the the, the thing is, <laughs> how, who or how do we teach people to actually use AI so mm-hmm. that the outcome is something that brings us forward? yes yeah. and not just some rehashed garbage that sounds very good but doesn't really add any value or how can we make sure that we then like once we have the hmm. the structure add the value ourselves because our life's experience is still it's the main thing that makes us different from ai because we have experience Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. we have grieved we have loved we have had all those like humans experience that allow us then to connect to other people that ai has no idea about i mean it can give you a very romantic sonnet but it's still like it does not understand what it means to be crazy in love
0: yeah i mean i think it it can give you a sonnet yeah but I, i think it will probably be like shakespeare light you know, it will be yeah. like very derivative. It's not going to be like that's that's the thing. Like poetry is a really good example, actually, because it's mm-hmm. like well, you you sort of you're still going to get the sense. It might be mm-hmm. really sort of technically good, yeah. but has this actually come from somebody who's really felt things and mm-hmm. really?
1: And things? and for marketing, it might be good enough. Sorry, marketers out there. But- <laughs> But but for you to have like like this uh, close connection to your coworkers, it's not enough. And if we believe all those CEOs who suddenly talk about return to the office because we need to have more in-person collaboration, then AI is clearly not enough. Yeah, yeah I don't believe we need the office to have that close collaboration but I do believe that as humans we need to be connected to other humans and yes. this connection needs to be intentional it needs and it needs to be person to person and mm-hmm. not my AI prompt to your AI prompt
0: yes yeah I mean we could reach a point couldn't we I mean, again, we're in dystopian future territory here. Where you're like, write my write my boss's email, please. Write my email to my boss. I mean, just oh, through.
1: I'm pretty sure that that's not dystopian future. That's already like, I've seen people who have used AI to write their resignation letter.
0: Oh, really?
1: Oh yeah, my yeah, God,
0: that's so sad.
1: And it's like, imagine this has happened and I don't want to burn many bridges, but you're like, imagine you're very, very angry and you want to write that letter and you know, but you like, you don't want to upset anyone because you never know. So you ask AI to write it and then tell AI whether you want it to be like a very conciliatory tone or whether you want it, like what you want it to sound like. It works very well. And especially um, if you are in an emotional turmoil, it's a lot better than if you write it yourself.
0: That's so scary. And I think what we're we're sort of hitting on here is that like, I think AI and SaaS or or tech in general, the remote working Mm -hmm. space, can potentially be a match made in heaven, but it can also be a match made in hell can't it? Because we're already in this environment, the remote work, where it can be mishandled to the point where nobody is talking to anyone. Because why do you need to? You know,
1: now, the, I I wonder, though, whether this is really the problem of AI plus remote work. I think it's just the problem of AI plus humans. Because okay. if you go to, a, to an open space office, people aren't really talking to each other while they're working. Most of them, especially if you go over to the engineers, have their soundproof uh, headphones on. Mm-hmm. and are slacking with each other anyway yeah yeah, yeah, using slack like they're not talking to each other because that's very disruptive so people and when if they go to the office they talk to each other while they're on a coffee break or something so do i want to go to an office for a 15 minutes coffee break
0: yeah yeah it
1: sounds like a lot of hassle just to have a 15 minutes conversation with a person who and en- ends up being the same every day anyway because like this is this is now a very personal rant like this whole idea that you go to the water cooler to have innovative new ideas it strikes me so weird because all people we are just creatures of habit i have my coffee every day at 11 <laughs> Rain, sunshine, I have my coffee at 11. Maria from HR has her coffee at 11. I become best friends with Maria because we are so compatible. No, because Jamie from uh, accounting has her coffee at 12. So I never met her.
0: Yeah, 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 completely, yeah. (laughs) Even though
1: she also has kids and loves running. So we would be a much better match. (laughs) Like in a remote environment, there is a running channel and I end up uh, talking to Jamie, even though we have completely different uh, schedules
0: that's a really really good point actually i'd never thought of that before that that maybe maybe ai can um sorry not ai but like remote work mm-hmm. can allow you to actually be more selective about who you interact with and yeah. you can actually communicate with people that are really going to um improve not just you improve your work also create friendships potentially meaningful friendships yeah which is all which is which helps work completely yeah. i mean you and know and it you-
1: breaks up silos Now I'm talking the lady from accounting. We're usually talking about running, but sometimes she's going to uh, complain about something and then I maybe have an idea and we all get better for it. And that's
0: the value, isn't it? I think of of creating these kind of channels in in Slack or whatever it is. I mean, our, our company does it all the time, which is like kind of like, this is the book club. This is yeah. the movie club. And I I didn't at first I, I, I had this very utilitarian way of looking at it where it was kind of like, what is the point in this? You know, mm-hmm. why are we doing this? But why you say when you say that it makes perfect sense, actually, that you yeah. build rapport with people, you find yeah. common interests, and then that facilitates trust, doesn't it? Exactly. In, you don't create that environment where, which again, I think remote work can definitely potentially create this environment if you're not careful. But mm-hmm. because yeah. you're not seeing someone every day. You're kind of like, oh, they become like a bit of a dragon to you, you know, because you're not seeing them. But it happens
1: in the office as well, because in the office, like if you work at a company that has 2000 people, like don't tell me that you're going to feel more connected to every single one just because you're in the same office building.
0: Yeah, yeah, completely. It's like
1: a K- Katrina from who's on floor five and you're on floor three, still going to become a dragon because you only look you've never seen her in person, even though it's just two flights of stairs.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose so, so.
1: So it's like it's very often, and I think that's something that we have to ask ourselves uh, with AI and with remote work. Yeah, we are assuming a lot of things just because they have been that way, and because they have been repeated and repeated and repeated all over again. But does it make that true? Yeah. Like we we want everybody to go to the office because tribal knowledge. I think that was the the um, Salesforce CEO was worried about tribal of knowledge disappearing tribal knowledge means things that people just know and you can ask them it's like you don't have a tribal knowledge problem you have a documentation problem write that stuff down and then search for it in a knowledge base don't yeah. get make people come back to the office just because you're too lazy to google
0: tribal knowledge is that's just something that kind of just spreads like a knowledge exactly. without people yeah on. no
1: it's the knowledge that's in my brain and then you can ask me and i'll tell you but it's not written down anywhere it's okay. like so it's non codified knowledge, yeah, which is yeah. bad. Like a company should not rely on non codified knowledge.
0: Yeah, no, completely not. No, no. They because should.
1: people leave and there's your knowledge; it's gone. Yeah, now on a vacation in Hawaii. Good luck.
0: Yeah, and then in then potentially when you've got new people in, the learning curve is so much steeper.
1: Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, they don't they don't meet the right person because they are not having their coffee at eleven a.m. So Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Or they <laughs> potentially they're quite a shy person. It's like uh-huh. it's unfair to be like, oh, you kind of have to be here six months and have like sort of made a good friend, you know, made good friends and be good terms with everyone before you have this tribal knowledge. You know? Yeah, yeah,
1: no, it's not so, fair, and it's also, frankly, lazy.
0: Yeah, it's lazy. Yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah it's um, well, you should, you know, you should have people who are, you know, that's their job, shouldn't you, to do mm-hmm. that kind of thing? I think yeah, yeah. The, on the on the the training processes, yeah, the documentation that, um, which I think is, you know. Which AI could probably help with. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely,
1: Now you don't have an excuse anymore for not be working remotely.
0: <laughs> yeah, completely. Yeah, I think it's. Um, yeah, it's. So, can you think of then? Um, I think it'd be good to sort of round this off with like, what is, what are some of like the kind of concrete examples that you've seen, of how companies you've worked with, have used this technology to enhance the remote experience or to or get better. I, I know we're avoiding productivity, but uh-huh. like, yeah, I guess what would be better to say would be to um, drive people to a kind of work that's more in line with their vision for their company. Maybe, mm-hmm. see what I
1: mean? So I I actually, and that's it's very interesting. I have seen a lot of people experimenting with mm-hmm. AI on a personal basis, like personal in terms of how can I make my work easier? Like how, how can I, like, like you, which prompts do I use to need to use to create this content? Yes. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen a lot of companies who have ever actually made a very concerted effort to embed it into their own processes just yet. And I'm saying just yet because companies are a lot slower with uh, implementing new things. And usually they need somebody in-house who's so so passionate about the topic that they kind of push it through. So Mm -hmm. we're going to see this soon. But what I've seen already in terms of processes is, for example, using AI to find out where to do the next team meetup because remote work for those in the back who haven't heard it yet does not mean that you're never ever going to see any one of your team again like even the uh, like trailblazers of remote work like Doist or like Automatic they all have yearly or twice a year meetups where they bring everyone together and like have those in-person experiences and teams usually meet like two or three times a year and these like if you have a team that's spread all over the world you can ask ChatGPT or their specific AIs now to figure out what's the cheapest airport if you have people flying from all over the place Mm -hmm. and like help with the kind of mundane complicated planning of making creating um a meetup where everybody can participate and then helping with the, the meal plans so everybody actually can eat, like all of those things that go into meeting up with people that are often forgotten and that the poor events team or or HR has to, has to contend with. Then what I've also seen is um, help with like job descriptions, with hiring, give me a summary of whatever. Like I have seen like a lot of these small things, but nothing where I would like, oh, this is disrupting from today to tomorrow directly what Mm -hmm. i'm currently and actually that's that's uh my my last newsletter was about this what what i think ai can really really help in terms of development is for those pesky performance reviews that you have to do once a year which help no one but compliance because (laughs) like do you remember what you worked eight months ago on probably (laughs) not like no, most no. people do not remember what they worked on three months ago, especially in SaaS, where like this company is very different to the same company a year ago. But um, Bamboo HR or whatever HR system you use asks you every year to make a review. So if you do a regular one-on-ones with your people and take notes, you can ask AI every three months to give you a summary mm-hmm. of those notes give you like a high level overview how this person is uh, developing. And you can use specific categories that you have maybe created to like score this person. And then you go through this with the person itself uh, themselves. And then at the end of the year, once a year, you, you like take those summaries together, write up the HR thing and let it done. And you have just reduced anxiety for everyone because usually those yearly performance reviews are very anxiety inducing for the people's receiving those reviews because they never know what kind of feedback is going to be thrown their way Mm-hmm. uh suddenly and for managers it's also very stressful because they have to invest a lot of time for something that they know won't really make a huge difference yeah. so it, for these kind of processes this kind of need to get done turn them into something meaningful there i think ai is it can actually be a force for good for everyone
0: yeah i think so definitely i i think it it's one of those things isn't it people think of like admin work as well as being kind of like a a um you know, a necessary kind of add on of what you're doing in the day mm-hmm. it can really, really overwhelm people. Um, mm-hmm. if it's one person doing it, and I think that AI definitely the greatest potential I can see. I mean, in my work life, anyway, mm-hmm. is cutting down on those more kind of banal tasks yep. you just have to do, like putting data in a sheet or mm-hmm. you know, and, and reporting on that data. Huh. Um, I, I definitely think that's the kind of thing where. You know, when there is literally a right answer or a wrong answer, which is have we gone up, have we gone down? Yeah. In terms of our organic traffic, AI can do that. You know, yeah. and that's and that's perfectly fine. And then and then you can free up me to do the thing that only I can do well.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, which is yeah, actually come up with a prompt with a strategy.
1: Yeah. No, and with the performance reviews, if we go back to why are these things actually done, like why do we do performance reviews? Because we want to help the people that report to us to grow. We want them to learn. We want them to become better at their job. So let's use AI so that we actually get the information from all the year worth of information that we have about them to figure out, oh, they actually got really better here. And I didn't realize how can we use this? Oh, they really need a little bit of help here. Let's see what we can find to support them. And oh, they said last year they wanted to do public speaking and they haven't done anything. How can I help them to uh, speak at the next, I don't know, company meetup or something? I see. see. So, You 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 find those nuggets so that you actually use AI to bring back the purpose of the things that has degenerated in a pure admin task.
0: Yeah, I see. I because see
1: everybody forgot what the what actually is. Yeah. So what was. you're
0: saying is it's not just about getting the admin tasks done, but it's also about making, yeah, like I said, making them meaningful. Making them
1: worthwhile. Making yeah, them. Worthwhile. I see exactly.
0: what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's really, really interesting. Actually, I hadn't thought about that in terms of what AI can do in terms of just tracking kind of on a performance level how a person's doing. Mm-hmm. And then allowing you because if you don't have that data, if you're going to sit in the performance review or the appraisal and just say like, and just make stuff up.
1: Yeah, which you, well, happens more often than you think. yeah. Which is where, <laughs> yeah, when,
0: when you sit in performance reviews, don't you, where it's kind of like, I feel like this. I uh-huh. feel like that. Yeah, It might not be true at all. A lot of us are not aware of how we're working or how we've improved at all. So if AI can help with that. And then you can have the human perspective of how do we actually, exactly. uh, based on me as my manager, what I know about you and how you mm-hmm. work, how can we get exactly. that? Yeah, that's a really great example, actually, I think, of how how the AI can be coupled together with the way, mm-hmm. more person-centered way of work. that exactly. I think yeah. we're all trying to encourage now going forward. I think um, one of the things that I really like, I think, about, about you know, because there have been so many articles recently, well, post-pandemic, about um how remote work is going to change the way we work in terms of like making it more like i said person-centered more centered mm-hmm. around the individual and i like that the narrative has kind of shifted that way i mean mm-hmm. what's happened in the recent years is not something anyone would have asked for obviously yeah. but sometimes it does take something like that to actually get people thinking about things like this doesn't
1: yep, it? absolutely yeah
0: and it was that it was that space wasn't it away from the office and the improvements people saw that made people realize we were like, oh, actually, it doesn't have to be this way. There are other ways.
1: Exactly. And the, the good thing is it doesn't have to be this way. That doesn't mean that it has to be the way it was during the pandemic, but it definitely doesn't have to be the way it was before the pandemic. Like how can we create a third way that takes the good thing, the social connection from the office, but which also takes the good things from having an environment where you can focus the way that you need to focus and blend this together so that we all like have a better way to work.
0: Mm Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That's really interesting. Because I suppose in the pandemic we were kind of in crisis mode a little bit, and everyone was panicking a bit. So it's. Oh, I
1: mean, you were. I I was stuck at home with two four-year-old toddlers. My my entire family in a different country. It's like my anxiety level. Anxiety level was through the roof. So, of course, my work productivity would have gone down. Like I would expect that go, to go down under that uh, circumstances. And data shows it went up. So even though people were under a lot of pressure, they were very productive while, during lockdown. I mean, it helps if you can't do anything else but work. <laughs> but the, it's – so what could we achieve if we actually create a work environment where we don't have to worry about the world going to hell – While we're doing our work, but where we can just focus while we're at work in an environment that works for us about work. And for some people, that might mean they want to go from the office from time to time. For some people, that might mean they want to have a cozy co-working. For some people, that might mean going to the library. But we need those third spaces because only work from home and never seeing anyone is just as... Uh, negative is only ha- having to go to an office and being stuck in an open floor. It works for some people, but it doesn't work for all people. So we need to find a way to work that can be adjusted so that everybody is happy at work and not just the extroverts or not just the introverts, but actually everybody can actually adjust work to how they work best because we want the best of people. We don't want just a mediocre version of them that we stuffed into a box.
0: yeah yeah, completely yeah and and said again this is our culture so this is how you will work i love how you said oh the extroverts the introverts i feel like for a long time that's that's literally it was as if there were only two classifications of people Mm -hmm. (laughs) are you an introverted person at work are you an extroverted person at work i'm realizing i think there's there's so many different shades of people
1: there is no binaries yeah we we, uh, humans love binaries because they make it very easy to make decisions but they are an illusion they don't really exist
0: completely yeah yeah um that's fantastic i I think that's a great point to finish on um and thank you so much um valentina i think this is this has been a really far-reaching discussion and i think people are really definitely (laughs) thank (laughs) you
1: for asking so interesting questions this was a great conversation
0: oh i'm really glad to hear that thank you so much um yeah i think people are really going to benefit from this um discussion then i'm just looking forward to hearing people's thoughts on this because it's just like i said we've touched on i feel a little bit of psychology
1: <laughs> everything Possibly.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well you ask ai to get will get a summary and then
0: yeah yeah we'll just get AI I'll to do it yeah absolutely. <laughs> great point to finish on thank you Thank you for joining us on this episode of SaaScast. Please join us next
1: time for more top insights from the leading minds in SaaS.